was, was titled, An Hour Before Daylight. He wrote a, a, a story or something in his book that reflected on his childhood in rural Georgia. And uh, I lived through the days of Jimmy Carter, so I remember him. Some of you hadn't discovered America when Jimmy Carter was president. But uh, in his, he talked about his relationship with his parents and his infamous brother, Billy. And he, he wrote, Mama always said that Billy was the smartest of her children, and none of us argued with her, he said. He said, when the international news media moved into our town during the 1976 presidential campaign, Billy became the center of attention. He drank more, he talked more, and he saw his deliberately outrageous statements quoted as serious comments, and he was always good for a delightful quote. I remember that. He said when, he, when one of the reporters remarked that Billy was a little strange, he replied, look, my mama was a 70-year-old Peace Corps volunteer in India. One of my sisters goes all over the world as a holy roller preacher. My oldest sister spends half her time on a Harley-Davidson motorcycle, and my brother thinks he's going to be president of the United States of America. Now, which one of us do you think is normal? To be disciples of Christ and Christians of the 21st century, ladies and gentlemen, we don't need to be normal. As a matter of fact, you cannot be normal. You are going to have to deviate from normal. We're supposed to be, we're supposed to mess up uh, the world as it is. Our entrance into the world as children of God, you know, we, we have to live outside the box and think outside the box. Outside the box, but in the Word of God. I could not get away from a scripture today uh, that is very familiar to all of us. And it just says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and I'll be your God, and you be my sons and daughters. Now that's what the Lord said to the New Testament church. He said, come out from among them, and be separate. For us, everyone else is, is off the shelf. Solution don't fit who we are as children of God. We cannot take the advisement and the rules of warfare that the world takes because we understand that we have been called into another world and we are living in this world as pilgrims and strangers. Can you say amen? For us, for us, we're different. Everybody say we're different. Normal isn't quite good enough for us anymore. Now, I don't think, please understand me, and this is Bible study night, so let me just bear my soul for a few minutes. I don't think that you have to get up every morning and go to bed every night talking in tongues. I believe that you have to be a person in this world that holds a regular job that goes to a, 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 through a regular and normal life to some extent. 
But while we live here, our impression has to be made upon our society. You have heard it, and I have too, and I've quoted it many times. The only thing, the only thing that will let evil prevail is for good people to keep silent. We can't be silent. We can't take a back seat to anybody. We have to be what God called us to be. So the world, they do, they see us as abnormal. i got to be honest with you. I've watched people's faces when they come to this church uh, for the first time. And some are scared and want to run. Some have never seen us uh, in our kind of worship. Some people, they've never, never been in a church like this church. Amen. And when they walk in, they, you know, at first they, they feel a little awkward because most churches of our day, you, you don't even do what you just did and say amen. You just sit and you behave yourself. But uh, this is not a church of Quakers. We believe in worship and we believe in demonstration of the power of God. And we believe in signs and miracles and healings and wonders that God wants to do in the church in the 21st century. And so, yes, we are abnormal, and our wisdom doesn't mesh with the world's wisdom because we are wise in the customs and the culture and the value system of the Lord Jesus Christ and not of America. Amen? you got to live for another world. I want to read you a scripture. I, I laid that little groundwork of introduction because I, I want you to understand where I'm going tonight. Here's what Paul said in writing to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. He said in the 21st or 25th verse, Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who, is God, who, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption that according it as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. So here's what Paul's saying. I chose foolish things when men would have chose what they call wise things. And the foolishness of God, the foolishness of man, the foolishness of the church, the foolishness of Christ-like living, the foolishness of our worship, the foolishness of our prayer life, the foolishness of our commitment confounds the world because they don't understand why we do what we do. 
it was that way in the New Testament. And this is what Paul is talking about. He chose the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. I've heard people say, those Pentecostals are crazy. We are. I'll admit it. We ain't changing either because it's fun to be this kind of crazy. It's good to be this kind of crazy. Somebody help me out here now. Now let me read a little bit in, in another translation. Let me, let, me, let me read from you or to you from another translation. It says this, God's nonsense is wiser, wiser than human wisdom. And God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, consider what you were when God called you to be Christians. Now I could preach right here and I could tell you that if you knew where we came from, you'd know why we worship the way we worship. If you knew what God done for us, if you knew how he healed our body, if you knew how he picked us up out of sin, how he fixed us when we were broken, then you'd understand why we worship him the way we do. Somebody shout amen. He said, consider what you were when God called you to be Christians. Not many of you were wise from a human point of view. You were not in a powerful position or in the upper social classes. I'm reading from another translation of the Scripture, but God chose what the world considers nonsense to put wise people to shame. God chose what the world considers weak to put what is strong to shame. God chose what the world considers ordinary and what it despises, what it considers to be nothing in order to destroy what it considers to be something. You know, I, I was listening, and this just came to my mind, not in my notes, but I was listening to a preacher not long ago who was trying to, to change his church. Let me, let me tell you something. Y'all don't mind me just saying a few things here, do you? We still need to dance and shout and praise God. We still need to get happy in the Holy Ghost. We don't need to become so dignified and so much integrity that we're too good to worship God scripturally. Amen. Amen. We, we, we sometimes get in our little, well, you know. No, 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 no. I can take you to the scripture where the Holy Ghost fell and people looking on thought they were drunk. How long has it been since you've been drunk in the Holy Ghost? It's not my notes. I'm just preaching now. I'm dabbling a little bit. How long has it been since you got happy in the Lord and danced before the Lord? Because dancing's in the Bible. Leaping before the Lord for joy. Worshiping God. So, so I heard this preacher preaching. And, and he was, you know, he was trying to make sure that he didn't, he didn't say anything bad about the Holy Ghost, but he said this statement, and I read right through what he was saying. He said, you can have the Holy Ghost without being stupid. I rewound it and listened again, because he said, you don't have to be stupid. Well, I don't think anybody's stupid in this church that raises their hands. 
I don't think anybody's stupid that rejoices in the Holy Ghost when God, power of God hits them and they begin to worship and leap and wave their arms. And I, oh, you say all you want to. If you want my other script, my other sermon tonight was on praise. I'll get that next time. But why we praise the Lord the way we do. Listen to me. The Lord chose the foolishness of the things that we do and the things that are in the Scripture because the smart and the wise and those educated and so full of so much integrity and wisdom that they think God can't do that. Let me tell you what God can do. He can shake you like a leaf in the wind. He can put enough power on you to slay you in the Holy Ghost. He can have you talking in tongues and worshiping God and glorifying God to where nobody Nobody understands you but you and God. Come on, get out of your dignified way. God chose the, the, what the world considers ordinary and what it despises, the Scripture said. What it considers to be nothing in order to destroy what considers to be something. As a result, no one can brag in God's presence. You are partners with Christ Jesus because of God. Jesus has become our wisdom sent from God, our righteousness, our holiness. I'm still reading from the Scripture. And our ransom from sin, as the Scripture says, whoever brags must brag about what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look what the Lord has done. So Jesus completely redefined the term normal. Everything he taught goes against how normal people see the world and function in their everyday life. Let me show you what I'm talking about. He said, if somebody smites you on the cheek, That ain't normal. You better pray I got a Holy Ghost touch if you smite me on my cheek. Amen? Because you may have me to whip if I don't. He said, if a man wants you to go one mile, what'd he say? Go two. That's not normal. I could go into that story and what he's talking about. He said, if a man asks for your coat, give him your cloak also. That's not normal. Washing of feet is inferior. That's not normal. Heaping blessings on those that curse you is <laughs> not normal. See, Jesus changed all the normal stuff. Living without anger is sometimes not normal. Laying down your life is not normal, and that's what he did. He laid down his life. He wasn't a normal Jesus, so you can't be a normal Christian. Normal people have a hard time understanding, much less living, the principles that God put in the book for us to be an abnormal church. We don't need to be ordinary. We got enough ordinary around us. We need to be extraordinary. We need to be beyond the ordinary. Somebody ought to hear me right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The truth is that Jesus turned normal wisdom upside down. So my text tonight, and I've waited now to give it to you, is this, the upside down kingdom. That's where we're at. We're in the upside-down kingdom of God. 
Because he turned the ordinary into the unordinary. He turned the normal upside down. The truth is that Christians, real Christians, are called to see the world through the eyes of the Lord and to live like he lived, not from a normal point of view. He never was a normal man. He was always out of the ordinary. That's why the crowds followed him. That's why, that's why he would stop and call a man out of a tree and say, I'm going to your house today. See y'all, crowd with him. He said, come on, Zacchaeus, I, I want to go to your house today. He wasn't normal. That's not ordinary. Is everybody with me tonight? Jesus, in his own ordinary way, he once compared himself to a hen, and yet he called King Herod, he compared him to a fox. Think about it. Jesus was like the brooding hen whose chief purpose in life was to protect her young. That's what he likened himself to with just a tiny beak and no talons. About all she can do is, is just fluff herself up and sit on her chicks. and She can put herself between them and the fox. And as ill-equipped as she is, she can only hope that she lives because that's the only defense she has. And hope his appetite is not bigger than her, where that he eats her and the, the chicks. On the other hand, King Herod, being like a fox, was cruel, cunning, crafty. And Jesus' disciples, Jesus had his disciples, but Herod had soldiers. Jesus served, but Herod ruled. Jesus prayed for his enemy, but Herod killed all his. And in a contest between the fox and the chicken or the hen, who, do you, who, who would you bet on tonight? I'll tell you, I'll take the hen in that situation. But that ain't normal. Everybody say the upside down kingdom. Here's what, here's what the book teaches us. You ready? Listen to this. In God's kingdom, the way up is down. Isn't that crazy? Well, I'm going to write, the way you get high is, is to go low. The way in is out. The way to be first is to be last. I'm reading you what the Bible said. He that... He that is first shall be last, and the last shall be first. That's, that's in the Scripture. If, if, you want to be, if you want to be a ruler, you have to become a servant. See, this is, this is not normal stuff, because if you want to be a ruler in man's eyes, you just, you know, you have to climb the ladder of success, but not in God's eyes. The way up is down. You got to get on your knees. You got to become a servant. The way to become strong is to become weak. Paul said, when I am weak, then I am strong. Am I making sense to you tonight? It's the upside down kingdom. The way to be secure is to become vulnerable. The way to life, he said, if you want to live, guess what you got to do? You got to die. I don't want to lose you here, but the way to freedom is through total obedience to the commandments of God. 
And it sounds crazy, ladies and gentlemen, but I assure you what's in this book works. It's the Word of God. He that exalteth himself shall be abased. Amen? That means God can put you up or God can put you down. So our choice is this. Do we follow the commandments of men or do we, do we follow what God is telling us to do? I mean, when he says love your enemies, that's not normal. How do you love your enemies? Have you ever tried to pray through over your enemies? Do you know how hard that is sometimes? Do you know only the Holy Ghost can help you love your enemies? Amen? It's not in us as human beings just to love our enemies. But the Lord can help us love our enemies. I hope I'm helping you now. I, got, I read a story. I, I found it comical, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you tonight. I'm going to read it the way I read it because it, it was uh, it's pretty good. So on the way home from church, an eight-year-old boy was sharing with his parents what he had learned in Sunday school. He said, boy, was it exciting. He explained, Moses organized all the Hebrews into a resistance group. They planned real carefully and finally broke loose from their Egyptian slave masters. They moved as fast as they could toward Canaan. They drove every kind of SUV they could get their hands on. Expeditions, navigators, jeeps, hummers. But Pharaoh's army wouldn't give up. They tracked down the Israelites with radar. They exploded missiles all around them and shot at them from jet planes in the sky. And when Moses and his people reached the Red Sea, they thought they were finished. And there was raging water in front of them and Egyptians behind them. And suddenly, the Corps of Engineers came to rescue and built a pontoon bridge over the Red Sea. And all the fugitives crossed over the, to freedom. Then, just as Pharaoh's forces were about to go across the bridge, the Hebrews blew it up with dynamite and saved all the people. Then they lived happily ever after in the promised land. The little boy's parents were more than a little concerned about their child's overactive imagination. They said, is that really what they told you at church this morning? He said, well, not exactly. But if I told you what they really said, you'd think I was nuts. Because what really happened was God rolled back the waters. Amen. So that's, that's you got to get out, you got to get out of the normal. The boy had it, what normally would happen in America in our day, but not, not, not then. That's not what happened. Here's one better than that. Let me, let me give you a picture, if I may. The picture of the very Son of God sent to earth, born of a prince and princess under the dazzling white dome of a beauty palace. He wrapped, he's wrapped in the cleanest of linen, attended by the greatest physicians in the land and presented to the world in a royal blue gold embroidered baby bathrobe at a star-studded ceremony that becomes the media event of the century. Musicians come from around the world to write songs to commemorate his birth and they hit the top of the airplay charts overnight because everybody loves him so much. Every politician and king on the planet take time out of running their countries to make a pilgrimage to the place where this 
this wonderful ruler is born so they can pledge allegiance to him. Glory to God in the highest quickly becomes the new greeting of choice in all languages around the world. What? You don't remember it that way? You don't remember that? No wonder, because it didn't happen. But here's what he, the, the story this guy wrote. He said, well, if I told you what really happened, you'd think I was nuts. Because God became man, and he came through the back door of his own world. And he was born in a manger. And there were wise men and shepherds that came and worshipped him. And he was the king of this universe. He was the almighty God wrapped up in a baby's body. Hear me. We've got to be out of the normal. We've got to believe that Emmanuel, God with us, really is with us. And we've got to believe the word of God the way it really is. Amen. We're not crazy. We just know what happened to us. The Bible said in John chapter 1 and verse 10, he was in the world, and the world was made by him, but the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. See, the more you live under God's terms, the more the world is going to look at you as abnormal. That's why you can't be like the world. The Bible said, the Bible said, listen to me right now. The Bible said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if the love of the world is in you, the love of the Father is not there. That's in the Bible. Love not the world. It's not talking about grass and trees and mountains and valleys and rivers. And it's not talking about that. It's talking about the spirit of the age. It's talking about what's happening all around us. Come on now. You can't fall in love with this world. My dad used to say, he's getting old and getting, getting, he was sick. And, and he would say, you know, son, heaven ain't so bad. You can't fall in love with this world to where you want to live here forever. I don't know about you, but I'm headed for a better place. I'm headed for higher ground. This is world. It's not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. I'm telling you right now, I don't want to be normal in this world. You see, the, the world would like for us to shut up and to be normal. And not, to, not to, to preach the gospel, not to live the word of God, to live like they live, to do what they do. Let me tell you, I, I don't know if you recognize this or not, but the world is trying to shut the mouth of righteous people. The world is trying to govern the church. The world is trying to put breaks upon the things of God to where we can't accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. You've got to step out of the normal into the abnormal. And the way you do that is with a good old Holy Ghost baptism that you can walk before God righteous before Him and say, I'm going to do what the Lord wants me to do in the 21st century. Anybody on board tonight? Anybody on board tonight? You got to do it because you love God. You got to love Him with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. The more you read the Bible, the more the Bible is going to read you. And the more status Jesus has in your life, the more you'll upset the status quo around you. The more Jesus becomes your Prince of Peace, the more you'll disturb the peace of your generation.
Hallelujah. Listen to me. This is great stuff I'm about to give you. The world says God helps those who help themselves. But the Bible said when we were powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. The world says we look on the outward appearance. But God says, I'm looking at the heart. Are you listening? The world says, seeing is believing. But not so what the Bible said. The Bible said, unless you believe, you, you can't understand. The Bible said, uh, not seeing is faith. Because it said, faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things that are not seen. The world says seeing is believing, but the Bible said, no, 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 you believe it even though you don't see it. Anybody with me? Hallelujah. I, 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 I pulled two pages instead of one, I guess. Hallelujah. But here we are. So, so that, and, and that could go on and on and on and on, what the world is saying, but what God is saying. The natural mind. And the spiritual mind. That's why there's a war in your, in your inner man if you're a child of God constantly. Because the carnal mind wants to stand up. And the carnal mind wants to say one thing, but the spiritual mind wants to say something else. That's why the Bible said to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life. Amen? If you live after the flesh... Or if you, you, you live after the flesh, you'll do the things of the flesh. And when you go look up the works of the flesh in the Scripture, we're talking about evil things and evil deeds and evil sins. But if you live after the Spirit, so why not just get up every day with a song in your heart, with the peace of God in your heart, with the power of God upon you? Why don't you get up every day knowing that God is in control of your life? It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what the ordinary is. It doesn't matter what the normal is. Amen? You just got to be different. You know, when I was a boy, they guarded us from everything. I'm serious. I mean, you, you, you couldn't go some places. You couldn't do something. You couldn't. I mean, it was almost like, you know, fresh air and childbirth were the only thing that you, you, you could do that was, that was decent. And, 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 and it was just like everything else was a sin. But the reason for that was is because they knew the sin was out there. But here's, 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 here's what's got to happen, and here's what has happened, and here's what is happening. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. And that's why I can go to Chili's tonight, and I can order chip and dip with a little ranch on the side. And they can be drinking all around me, and I don't drink. I don't have to drink. I'm different. Amen? Yeah, some, some of you are not with me yet, but you will be. That's why, that's why I, can go to a, I can go to a football game, and I can hear language that is real not kosher, but I, you can do that in the mall, or you can do that and turn on the radio. You can hear all kinds of stuff. But guess what? I don't have to do that because I'm not normal. It's normality for the world to live like that. They, 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 some people can't talk 
without using that kind of language because that's just normal. I had a, <laughs> I had a neighbor uh, years ago. He, he was a he was an educated man. He was a doctor, and uh, look, every other word he said was a four-letter word. I'm just telling you, he couldn't talk without. He just that was his normal way. I mean, he's, we we go out in the yard and be standing there and talking, and he'd rattle off stuff, and I'm thinking, Whew. I mean, he could teach sailors to cuss. I'm telling you the truth. He and he's a great guy. He's still my friend. I hope he ain't watching. <laughs> but but he we had a drama. We had a drama right here in this church, and so. So I, I invited him to the drama, and, and you know, y'all know the drama. We still have people call and want to know if we have a drama. We, it, was fun, it was fantastic. We just absolutely, but, but he sat right on the front row in the drama. And as soon as the drama was over, I went by, down, I was still in my attire, and y'all don't mind me saying this, so I'm going to tell you just because this is normal to him. I'm trying to make a point to you. This is just normal. I grabbed his hand right here, and I shook his hand and said, man, I'm so glad you came. He said, well, I'm going to tell you something. That was one hell of a show. Okay. He didn't think a thing in the world about that. But that was normal to him. Are you with me tonight? You see, we are not of this world. And ladies and gentlemen, if I don't get anything else through to you tonight, pull off the cloak of this world and put on the cloak of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's some things that we got to do as children of God. We can't be like, we don't go where they go. We don't do what they do. We don't talk like they talk. We don't act like they act. You got to be separate in your life. There's got to be some stuff. If you do everything they do, then you're you're not, your light is not shining. Jesus said, we are a city that is set on a hill. There's a reason for that. We are salt upon this earth. We're the only thing preserving righteousness, the church of the living God. We are people that have been called out of darkness into the marvelous light that we should show forth the praises of God. I'm telling you, oh, let me go to 1 Peter 2 and 9 so you can put it in your in your notes or write it in your Bible don't ever forget this scripture the Bible said Peter said you are a chosen generation you are a royal priesthood you are a holy nation and guess what you are a peculiar people look at your neighbor and say you're weird Not weird in the sense that we're crazy, but we're peculiar because we're different. We're peculiar because we're not, we're not just the same old run of the mill. I'm not saying we're better than anybody, please don't. But, but here's what he said. He said the reason you are all of this is so that you could show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. That's why I got you out of there so that you could be worshipers and you could praise me and you could let your light. You know what Jesus said? Let your light so shine before men that they may glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let your light shine. Remember that little song we sang as kids? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I like that next verse. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. You know why? Because we have to be 
the church. Let me, let me give you another scripture before I close. He said, looking in Titus 2.13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the Lord, the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Watch this. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity, that's sin, and purify us or purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. A peculiar people. Could I say something to you tonight? Your life is your greatest testimony. It's not what you say. It's how you live. It's what you do. When you are living for God, people will know the difference. Does that make sense? When you're living right, when, 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 when there's something going on in the office and you just separate yourself from all that, They take note. They take note. They watch how you walk. They watch how you live. They watch what you say. And let me tell you something else. You can destroy 20 years of righteous living with one evil deed. You better hear me. You can destroy your reputation as being a child of God. It does matter what people see. It does matter what the world thinks of us. If we're going to win them to Christ, then we have to be Christ-like. Jesus didn't win everybody, and I understand that, and we're not going to win everybody. There's some folks that despise. You know, there's people that despise how we worship God. They despise how we pray. <laughs> I got to tell you, one time, Many years ago, before I came here, I was pastor in central Louisiana, and I got invited to a denominational church right down the road. I became friends with the pastor of that church, and he was an older guy, and I was just a young buck. He invited me down, and I went to one of his men's groups one night, and we were all in the back, and we all stood in a circle. And he said, okay, we're going to pray. Well, I started praying. I didn't know God couldn't hear but one of us at a time. <laughs> so you, you know where I was at now. But, but they went around and one prayed and then the other prayed. I guess I was just a weird duck because when they said pray, I, I bellered out. I was praying. We, we, we was in a sheriff chaplain meeting here a year or two ago and, and uh, the, the man that was head of the the chaplains, he said, come on, guys, said, we're going to lay hands on the sheriff. And, and so, so we all gathered around, and we lay hand, put our hand up on him, and one prayed, and then the next one prayed, and then the next one prayed, and then the next one prayed. When they got all through, I looked at him, and, and Lou Ellen, he died with COVID, bless his heart. I said, Lou Ellen, if you'd have been Pentecostal, we'd have been out of here 10 minutes ago. Because <laughs> God hears every one of us at one time. But you got to let your light shine. You got to be what God wants you to be. You, 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 can't, you can't force feed people the gospel. 
You can't go around talking. Look, I know a guy that got saved. He got the Holy Ghost. He was so fired up. Every broom he pushed, he was talking in tongues. Everything he'd done, the mopping floors, he was talking in tongues. They fired his hide. He was too spiritual for him. I can tell you his name right now. You can't, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is just living above the fray, living above what the world calls normal, being abnormal, being a child of God. When some, Let me tell you what they'll do. When they've got a problem, I'll tell you who they'll go to. They'll seek you out in the office place and say, I've noticed that you're a good prayer, praying man or woman. I'd like for you to pray about this situation. Right, That's what they'll do. You know why they do that? Because they feel the presence of God upon Holy Ghost-filled people. They know when you're living right. They know if you're not living like everybody else. So get above. Get above the normal. Get out of the ordinary. Don't be the same old, same old. Be what God wants you to be and use you in this hour to to reach your world. Hallelujah. Stand with me. My, 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 my. I feel sometimes like the kid in vacation Bible school. He raised his hand and said, can we sing that song again? Hallelujah, 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 you're crazy, the Lord. When I was a kid and every time we used to sing I'll Live On, I thought we were saying I'll Live On. Anybody ever had something like that, you know? Yeah, y'all used to raise in it, you know. I'll Live On, yes, I'll Live On. Through eternity, olive oil. But I'm almost like that kid. Let's sing hallelujah, 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 crazy the Lord. You know what? We just we need to lose our dignity sometime. You don't need ever to be ashamed to praise God. You don't ever need to be ashamed to pray in front of people. Some of the greatest things that ever happened to me is when I, when I was asked to pray. They called me down to the Senate a few years ago, and I, 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 went, I went down. I almost didn't make it there. I, I just I bought a diesel truck, and uh, I, I thought I was in high cotton. I ran by the Shell Station over here and filled up that morning, headed down to Baton Rouge. And uh, no, that wasn't that one day. That wasn't the day I prayed for the Senate. That was, that was the day I had dinner with the governor. And, and, and I had a governor dinner appointment that day, and I was headed that way, and about Wisner, that thing got to check. I said, oh, my, this is a brand-new truck. I hobbled in the Natchez, pulled it up. I said, man, y'all got to fix this thing. I know they didn't believe me. I said, I'm having lunch with the governor in a couple of hours. I've heard they, they probably heard everything, Will, but they ain't heard this one yet. I'm going to eat with the governor. You got to fix this thing. Anyway, they, they got all the gas out of it $800 later. I filled that joker up with gas. I rented a car, went and had dinner with the governor and came back, picked it up, and cried all the way home. <laughs> but what I was going to tell you when I went down to pray for the Senate, I thought about all that. I said, Lord, just just. You know, and it's okay, I guess, to write prayers and write notes. I just made up my mind I ain't writing nothing. 
I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost. I didn't write down a prayer. I might not have said all the words just right. But when they gave me that microphone, I said, Lord Jesus Christ, let the anointing of God come upon these leaders of our state. And I prayed a Holy Ghost prayer. I had people come around later and say, that's powerful, preacher. Thank you. Thank you. But I could have said, oh, Father God, we have come to thee this wonderful day and read a bunch of words off and it would all been nothing. Why don't you get above the fray? Why don't you pray in the Holy Ghost? Why don't you just let the Lord do a work? I prayed over the clerk of court's office too, didn't I, Dana? And I didn't have one note, baby. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you right now, the Holy Ghost will give you direction. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house right now. I'm ready to do but what, what's not normal, what's not ordinary. Let's, let's make it an upside-down kingdom. The way up is get down. The way in is get out. The way to the Word of God and the things of God is exactly written in the Word of God. Mm. I love you today. Thank you for letting me preach to you a little while. I, uh, I trust that I've helped you a little bit. I want you to get this in your mind before we leave. It's, it's not okay. Everybody say it's not okay. Got something. It's not okay to be normal. 